Welcome to the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. We're getting ready to have an old-fashioned line-on-line, precept-on-precept study of God's Word to search out those deeper truths and gain a greater understanding of the Bible. We would love for you to join us today as we dig in and learn what it is God would truly have us to know from His letter that He wrote to us. Hello there and welcome into the study today. God bless you. We're glad to have you. We're going to be picking it up in Genesis chapter 34, verse 1 in a moment. Now, we came a long way in the last lecture. In the last study, we we went from Jacob telling Rebecca and Leah that he was tired of Laban messing, messing him around and, and tricking him in all the different ways that he had. And so they left and they came out and he reunited with Esau and was able to see Isaac again, which tells us all the way back, what, 20 years ago, when Isaac was on his deathbed, he was pretty ill, but he wasn't dying. So he got he jumped the gun a little bit on, on being headed out. <laughs> so along the way, Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord all night long, and then the angel threw his hip out, and he kept wrestling. And he said that he was no longer going to be called the contender. The angel of the Lord named him again. And he said, you're not, never, you're not going to be Jacob anymore, which means the contender, but your name will be known as Israel, which means God rules or one who prevails with God. And so now he came all this way and he, he returned into the land with Esau and there was joy and happiness, all this worry and everything. God told him, you will come back peacefully. You're going to be blessed. The elder shall serve the younger. And when he returned, he was so scared that Esau was coming out to fight him. But it was a welcoming party. He was glad to have his brother back. So now we're going to pick it up in verse 34, verse 1, chapter 34, verse 1. We ask for clarity and understanding from our Father in Jesus' name. And verse 1 reads, And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, Prince of the country saw her, he took her and lay with her and defiled her. So he just rushed on her. And later on, whenever you get into the the Mosaic law, that's a death penalty for that. But that law is not around yet. Verse 3, And his soul clave unto Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. And he loved the damsel and spake kindly unto her. It's kind of funny he started speaking kindly after he did what he did. And Shechem spake unto his father Hamor, saying, Get me this damsel to wife. So he was, he was well smitten by her. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter. Now his sons were with him, were with his cattle in the field, and Jacob held his peace until they were come. He didn't want to just jump to jump right on it and the, and the boys still be out there. He, you know, he wanted to call them in and talk to them about it. And at least that way he had a little backup and everything. Verse 6. And Hamor, the, she- the father of Shechem, went out unto Jacob to commune with him. So here he goes. He's fishing to make his offer. And the sons of Jacob came out of the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved, and they were very wroth, because he had wrought folly in Israel in lying with Jacob's daughter, which thing ought not to be done. Now, you might notice here they wrought folly in Israel. This is the first time that that name is used 
is the collective house of Israel. Verse 8, And Hamor communed with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longeth for your daughter. I pray you, give her him to wife. So he's... Man, he just he's just love struck. He just can't do anything. He he's he's just like a pitiful little puppy. Verse nine, and make you marriages with us, and give your daughters unto us, and take our daughters unto you. Now that's a no no. You've got the line of Christ coming down, and it's supposed to be a pure line. And I know I talk about genealogies a lot, but they are important. That's what that's what this word is about. This this Bible is one man's genealogy from Christ to Adam. So what he's saying here is go ahead and intermingle. It'll be okay. And they know better than that. Verse 10, And you shall dwell with us, and the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade ye therein, and get you possessions therein. And Shechem said unto his father, and unto her brethren, unto her father, and unto her brethren, Let me find grace in your eyes, and what ye shall say unto me, I will give. They're desperate. I'll do anything if you'll please just let my son marry this girl. He's, he's so smitten with her. I've just, I, I can't take no for an answer. Verse 12. Ask me never so much dowry and gift, and I will give according as ye shall say unto me. But give me the damsel to wife. You can have everything I've got, but I got to have this girl. And the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor, his father, deceitfully, and said, Because he had defiled Dinah, their sister. So they, they're fixing to get him back. They're fixing to tend to business. Verse 14, And they said unto them, We cannot do this thing to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised, for that, we are, for that, for that were a reproach unto us. But in this will we consent unto you, if you be as we be, that every male of you be circumcised. Verse 16, Then will we give our daughters unto you, and we will take your daughters to us, and we will dwell with you, and we will become one people. Well, that sounded pretty good. Verse 17, But if you will not hearken unto us to be circumcised, then will we take our daughter, and we will be gone. And their words pleased Hamor, and Shechem, Hamor's son. And the young man deferred not to do the thing. He didn't, he, he didn't even question it. He's ready to go. Let's do it. Because he had delight in Jacob's daughter, and he was more honorable than all the house of his father. Now that ought to tell you something right there. He was more honorable than the whole house of his father. But he forced himself on this girl. So, so what's that for the rest of them? That's not saying very much. There's not a whole lot to compare to there. And he was more honorable than the rest of them. Oh, that's pretty well a shame. Verse 20. And Hamor and Shechem, his son, came unto the gate of their city and communed with the men of their city, saying, These men are peaceable with us. Therefore let them dwell in the land and trade therein. For the land, behold, it is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us for wives, and let us give them our daughters. So going to the gate of the city, the gate is where the judgment was. Basically, you could say it was kind of like the courthouse. Whenever you had like a small claims or something, you went to the gate and it was judged whether, you know, who, who was right and who was wrong. And you also went there for advice because this is where 
you, the, the elders would be and those who were wise enough you know, to be able to give good advice. 22, only herein will the men consent unto us to dwell with us, to be one people, if every male among us be circumcised as they are circumcised. 23, shall not their cattle and their substance and every beast of theirs be ours? Only let us consent unto them, and they will dwell with us. So not only are they looking at Dinah in this thing. You know, Shechem, he, that's all he can see is Dinah. But Hamor is looking at all the riches that Jacob has been able to acquire and all the blessings, and he's going, hey, we need to get in on this. Let's go ahead. You know, he's got those dollar signs rolling. Verse 24, And unto Hamor and unto Shechem his son hearkened all that went out of the gate of his city, and, and every male was circumcised, all that went out of the gate of his city. So they all fell right in. It must, he must have had a pretty convincing argument there. 25. And it came to pass on the third day when they were sore that the two sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brethren, took each man his sword and, it came, and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males. Now they were hurting real bad because all it took was two guys to go in there and kill everybody. That means they were in such pain they couldn't move. They couldn't do anything to defend themselves. That's where that deceit came in. Verse 26, And they slew Hamor and Shechem his son with the edge of the sword, and took Dinah out of Shechem's house, and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city, because they had defiled their sister. And naturally, as I said in the Mosaic Law, for one to rape a woman is the same punishment as murder. So did they take it a little far? You know, as I said, if Shechem was the most honorable of his people, well, I wouldn't want to have any of my family around him. Verse 28, they took their sheep and their oxen and their asses and that, and that which was in the city and that which was in the field and all their wealth and all their little ones and their wives took they captive and spoiled even all that was in the house. And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house." Two times for emphasis there. He's making sure that they understand how grieved he is over this. And they said, should he deal with our sister as a harlot? Now, I like the way that Moffat translates that verse 30, where he says, they will muster together to destroy all that I have. And naturally, Jacob has the promise of God that he's going to succeed. God's got his back. He wrestled with God. He saw the camp of the angels. And now here he is worried again that he's going to get destroyed. Chapter 35, verse 1. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, that's house of God, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. 
Naturally, he's talking about whenever he set up the pillar and he, and he, he laid on the pillar and, and had the dream of the ladder and God was standing at the top of it. And naturally, that ladder would be Christ because only through Christ can you get to heaven. So that's the, that's the symbolism in the ladder that the angels going up and down were going on that salvation. And that was prophecy of through his line would come that, that Savior, which would be Jesus Christ. Verse 2, Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. Now that's why God would want them to come out of Haran, where Laban was, is because it was right on it was a border town of Babylon. It was right on the outskirts of ancient Babylon. And they had so many different idolatries, little idols, and they worshiped just about anything. And God didn't want his people around that. He wanted them over here because God, as it says, is God He's a jealous God. And He don't want you worshiping other things. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. He don't want your burnt offerings. He don't want your sacrifice. All he wants is your love. So he wants them away from all this idolatry to be able to purely and cleanly worship him without the presence of all the other nonsense. Verse 3. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. Verse 4, And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. Now, the naturally, whenever they took over this, whenever they went into Shechem, and they destroyed it, whenever they looted it and, and all, everything that they got from it, these earrings were part of that. And it's what this is showing is that whenever they looted this town, they took all the gods that they had. And, they, and everything that was there was basically, as far as the earrings and everything, you know, naturally, like Christians might wear a necklace with a cross on it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a, a, a cross with a necklace because you're not worshiping the, the, that necklace. It's a reminder of the salvation that was bought on the cross. Well, naturally, other religions might have other symbols that they would hang. So that's why the earrings were given back here. Verse 5, And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So they knew they, they could obviously tell that God was present with Jacob and that nobody was going to come up against him and, and live. Verse 6, So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is, Bethel, he and all the people that were with him. Now remember, he named it Bethel, but it was originally founded as this Luz. Verse 7, And he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. And naturally, El Bethel, El Bethel means God of the house of God. Verse 8, But Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak 
And the name of it was called Along Bakuth. And that means the, the weeping oak or the oak of weeping. And there's also an interesting thing in this verse. Rebekah's not mentioned after Jacob left from his house, whenever him and Esau, whenever he got the birthright, whenever he was blessed. So it's believed that Rebekah most likely had passed away and that Deborah, being her nurse, came into the family of Jacob, basically uh, began to live with him, began to care for him and his family, just as she had done for Rebekah and Isaac. Verse 9, And God appeared unto Jacob again, when he came out of Padan Aram, and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said to him, I am the God Almighty. And God Almighty here in this verse is El Shaddai. And that means the God that is bountiful or all-sufficient. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. Now that's a very important thing to catch right there is that a nation and a company of nations. And whenever we get to the blessings of the patriarchs later in, the, in, in, in this book, we're going to go through kind of where these nations ended up. It's not just one nation, but a company of nations are blessed through this. And the king shall come from thy loins. Naturally, Judah is the king line. And it went all the way from Judah down through King David and then through Nathan. Many people believe because of Matthew's genealogy that through Solomon Christ came. But if you go to Luke chapter 3, you find Christ's true genealogy. The one in Matthew is Joseph's genealogy. And naturally, he had no biological input, if you will, into Christ. Mary was the mother, and, our, and God was the father. So Luke chapter 3 gives Joseph's in-laws, which would be Christ's full-blood family. And through Nathan came the Christ child. Verse 12, And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering thereon and poured oil thereon. Now, this is the first occurrence of a drink offering given. And you might notice that any time a drink offering is given, it's poured out. It's never drink. Now, that in with some of the meat offerings, so the... In, in some of them, the people got to eat their own, such as the Passover lamb. The people got to eat their lamb. And then on certain offerings, a portion of it went to the priests that the priests got to eat. Or if they had an abundance, they could take and, and sell it to make them a little money on the side. And it was that was all legal. Now, it got out of hand by the time Christ came and the money changers and all that were in the temple. But initially, it was set up to where that could be the case. Verse 16, And they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass, as her soul was in departing, 
right there when, when she was just about to die, for she died, that she called his name Benani, and Benani means son of my sorrow. But his father called him Benjamin, and Benjamin means son of my right hand. And Rachel died and was buried in, in the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. And Bethlehem means the house of bread. Now, that's a very important spot because, yes, Rachel died here, the mother of the patriarchs. But the mother of the Christ child would be here and give labor and give birth to our Savior. Verse 20, And Jacob set up a pillar upon her grave, that is, the pillar of Rachel's grave, unto this day, the day of this writing. And Israel journeyed and spread his tent beyond the tower of Edar. And it came to pass when Israel dwelt in the land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine. Now, that's a shame there. Uh, basically, he laid with his father's wife. And it explains in Leviticus 20, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 11. It says, And a man that lieth with his father's wife hath uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Now that law wasn't in effect yet, but that is what it is to uncover your father's nakedness, to lay with your father's wife. And a concubine is a wife. The difference in a wife and a concubine is that a wife comes with a dowry, whereas a concubine does not. Okay, now back to, to finish up verse 22. Now the sons of Jacob were twelve. The sons of Leah were Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. That's six children from Leah. The sons of Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. The sons of Bilhah, Rachel's handmaiden, were Dan and Naphtali. And the sons of Zilpah, Leah's handmaiden, were Gad and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob, which were born to him in Padan Aram. And Jacob came unto Isaac his father, unto Mamre, unto the city of Arba, which is Hebron, where Abram and Isaac sojourned. Now, there's something important about this. As we mentioned before, Isaac obviously has not passed away. But what happened here, so we hear of Abraham all the way till Isaac becomes of age to where he starts taking over kind of the family. And then you don't hear of Abraham anymore. And then you get to Isaac, and he has Jacob and Esau, and Jacob comes of the age to receive the blessing, and then you don't hear of Isaac anymore, except for little mentions such as this. Now, I believe it's in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that Abraham and Isaac lived in the tents with Jacob. So both of them were still supposed to be around. And it kind of says right here, where Abraham and Isaac sojourned. So it's not necessarily that when you quit hearing of them that they passed away. It's just that they went ahead and skipped to the, and his days were fulfilled, but then the narrative of the story moved to that next child. 28, and the days of Isaac were 104 score years, and Isaac gave up the ghost and died, and was gathered unto his people, being old and full of days. And his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Now, naturally, we can see right there that Jacob, that Isaac didn't die 
back when he thought he was on his deathbed because Isaac and Jacob were had already came back together. They had already squashed all of their stuff and were able to bury their father together. All right, we'll get into chapter 36 a little bit here. 36 verse 1. Now these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan, Ada, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and Aholabamah, the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Zibion the Hivite, and Beshemath, Ishmael's daughter, sister of Nebajoth. And Ada bare Esau Eliphaz, and Beshemath bare Ruel, and Ahilabama bare Jeush, Jealam, and Korah. These are the sons of Esau, which were born unto him in the land of Canaan. And Esau took his wives and his sons and his daughters, and all the persons of his house and his cattle, and all his beasts, and all his substance, which he had got in the land of Canaan, and went into the country from the face of his brother, Jacob. Now, what you see here is that Jacob went out of the country and prospered and moved all his people back, which is that blessing that Jacob gave him, that you will receive the fat of the lamb. And now Esau, now that Jacob's back, Esau is taking all that he has and is moving away from the fat of the lamb, of the land. Verse 7, For their riches were more than they might dwell together, and the land wherein they were strangers could not bear them because of their cattle. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. Now this is a very important part that this that that they called this out specifically right here. And the reason for that is that Edom, the the name would later in Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 1, it speaks of chief prince Meshach. And in the Hebrew, that chief is Rosh. And later in the in the Latin Vulgate, it was changed to Rush. And many believe that this is it is speaking of the Russians, the, the Russians and the three Scythian tribes, which were part of Magog. And so that's why that blessing of you'll be away from the fat of the lamb. Well, naturally, Edom or Esau would have moved north, going way north into what is now modern day Russia, which is far away from the fat of the lamb, the land. Verse 9, And these are the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites in Mount Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons. And it's pretty well the last we'll, we'll hear of Esau. Eliphaz, the son of Ada, the wife of Esau. Ruel, the son of Beshemath, the wife of Esau. And the sons of Eliphaz were Teman, Omar, Zepho, Gatam, and Kenaz. And Timnah was concubine to Eliphaz, Esau's son. And she bare Eliphaz Amalek and... These were the sons of Ada, Esau's wife. And these are the sons of Ruel, Nahath, and Zerah, Shammah, and Misah. These were the sons of Beshemath, Esau's wife. And these were the sons of Ahilobamah, 
the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Zimeon, Esau's wife. And she bare Esau, Jeush, and Jealam, and Korah. These were dukes of the sons of Esau, the sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn son of Esau, Duke Teman, Duke Omar, Duke Zopho, Zepho, and Duke Kenaz, Duke Korah, Duke Gatam, and Duke Amalek. These are the dukes that came of Eliphaz in the land of Enon, Eden. These were the sons of Ada. And these are the sons of Ruel, Esau's son, Duke Nahath, Duke Zerah, Duke Shammah, Duke Mizah. These are the dukes that came of Ruel in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Beshemath, Esau's wife. And pretty much all, all that duke means is a chief or chieftain. These are the rulers of these folks. Verse 18. And these are the sons of Ahilabama, Esau's wife, Duke Jewish, Jeush, Duke Jealam, Duke Korah. These were the dukes that came of Aholibama, the daughter of Anna, Esau's wife. These are the sons of Esau, who is Edom, and these are their dukes. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, who inhabited the land, Lotam, and Shobal, and Zibion, and Anna, and Dishon, and Ezer, and Dishon. These are the dukes of the Horites, the children of Seir in the land of Edom. And the children of Lotan are Hori and Hemam, and Lotan's sister was Timnah. And the children of Shobal were these, Alvan and Manahath, and Ebal, Shepho, and Onam. And these are the children of Zibion, both Aja and Anna. This was that Anna that found the mules in the wilderness as he fed the asses of Zibion his father. And the children of Anna were these, Dishon, Ohilabama, and the daughter of Anna. And these are the children of Dishon, Himda, and Eshban, and Ithran, and Shiram. The children of Ezer are these, Bilhan, and Zeavan, and Achan. The children of Dishon are these, Uz, and Aran. These are the dukes that came of the Horites, Duke Loktam, Duke Shobal, Duke Zibion, and Duke Anna, Duke Dishon, Duke Ezer, Duke Dishon. These are the dukes that came of Hori, among their dukes in the land of Seir. And these are the kings that reigned in the land of Edom before there reigned any king over the children of Israel. So they are very well established. They've been there for quite a while. And Bela, the son of Beor, reigned in Edom. And the name of his city was Dinhaba. And Bela died, and Jobab, the son of Zerah, of Bozrah, reigned in his stead. And Jobab died, and Husham, of the land of Temini, reigned in his stead. And Husham died, and Hadad, the son of Bedad, who smote Midian in the field of Moab, reigned in his stead. And the name of his city was Avith. And Hadad died, and Samla of Masrekah reigned in his stead. And Samla died, and Saul of Rehoboth by the river reigned in his stead. And Saul died, and Baal-Hanan, the son of Ekbor reigned in his stead, and Baal-Hanan, the son of Ekor, died, and Hadar reigned in his stead, and the name of his city was Pau, 
and his wife's name was Mehetabel, the daughter of Matrid, the daughter of Mesahab. And these are the names of the dukes that came of Esau according to their families after their places, their names Duke Tinma, Duke Alva, Duke Jetheth, Duke Ahilabama, Duke Elah, Duke Pinan, Duke Kinaz, Duke Teman, Duke Mid Mibzar, Duke Magdiel, Duke Aram. These be the dukes of Eden according to their habitations in the land of their possession. He is Esau, the father of the Edomites. Now I know the reading the begats and everything get really dry, but they they are important. It gives you good history, but now we're through it. <laughs> so we'll pick it up in verse 37 in the next study. God bless you, and y'all have a great day. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, you can go to our website at www.humansundergrace.com and under the Contact Us page, submit your question. Also, you can write to us at Humans Under Grace, P.O. Box 1467, Tatum, Texas 75691. Thank you and God bless you.